Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Making Learning Special, where we talk about everything from early childhood development all the way to the realities of parenthood. I'm your host, Madonna Laza-Smith, and with me is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. Today is episode four, and what we'll be talking about is five common questions parents have about language development. So these are common questions that parents have been um, asking me through TikTok when I see them in person and just all throughout, basically. All right. So let's just dive right in. This one's going to be a quick and easy one, but it's going to be packed full of information because I've heard you actually talking to parents about this and all the time, like it's literally the same questions all the time. Yes. So yes. <laughs> we're just going to dive right into it this time, guys. So number one, is baby talk bad? Now, first, let me clarify what baby talk is, or let me actually ask you this, Madonna, let me, let me ask you this. What would be baby talk? Well, I know, I know baby talk is goo goo gaga, blah, blah, right? But like if you're talking to a kid and you're leaving out certain words like get paintbrush instead of get this paintbrush, please. Like if you're leaving out those words, would that be considered baby talk? All right. So this is a great question. Two, two parts. I feel like it's two, two parts. parts. Exactly. Because baby talk, people can misinterpret what baby talk is. And mm -hmm. people are always like, well, we thought baby talk wasn't good. But what is baby talk really? And what do I mean in terms of baby talk? So when people think of baby talk, they could mean either two things, either the goo goo gaga, not real words. Oh, look at doo -doo, tiny baby. You know how they talk to babies like mm -hmm. that or um, or just using very um, varied intonation, let's say, when you're talking to a kid. You're not talking to a child the same way as you're talking to a adult, for example, right? So that can also be baby talk. The goo goo gaga part of it, not using real words, uh, that I highly suggest you don't do because your child isn't getting that great language input or talking to them about real, real words and real things. But there's another part of it where we can consider it as baby talk because we don't talk to adults the same way, right? That baby talk where you're varying your intonation, where you're repeating words, where you're making your sentences shorter, that is considered baby talk um, in some sense. You could call it parentese or motherese is another way to say it. And there's that's actually pretty research-based where we naturally, as adults or even as little kids who are talking, we naturally make our sentences more simple and we elongate some of our words and sounds. And that's fine, actually. And what research shows is that that's good for uh, brain development, for kids' language development, because you're repeating words, you're slowing down your speech. So that part of baby talk is actually pretty good. But eliminating words instead of like, like get toothbrush would work versus just telling your kid, hey, can you get the toothbrush, please? Because you're trying to shorten the sentence for them. Is that considered like a subcategory of baby talk? Is that OK? Or, or should they just say the whole thing and talk to them like adults? They should still or parents should still use grammatically correct sentences. I wouldn't make long, long, long phrases and sentences, but it should still be grammatically correct. You don't want to leave off those little words because your child is getting that language example from you. So you still want to make it um, grammatically correct. You don't say get toothbrush. You can just say right. get the toothbrush. You don't have to necessarily 
um, what's the word I want to use? You don't necessarily have to exaggerate the word the, get the toothbrush. Maybe you're exaggerating the word toothbrush, but you're still not leaving it out. So use grammatically correct sentences and it's okay to use baby talk in the sense of motherese or parentese. Okay, real quick, go over what mother ease is just to, like to highlight that again, because I didn't even catch that. <laughs> okay, so mother ease or parentese is when we are elongating or, or exaggerating or repeating our words, like when you're talking example. to me. And then here's an example. So if I'm talking to you as an adult, I'm saying, um, I'm going to get the cup. When you're talking to the baby, you're probably saying, ooh, we're going to get the cup. Here's the cup. Wow, look at the cup. Because you're teaching them language. You're showing them things that are new to them, for example. But we don't talk to adults like that, right? Okay, right. But okay, so that makes sense then. So mother ease is just repeat, repeating, but in different ways, but still speaking in grammatically correct sentence structures. Yes. Okay. That's still so considered that makes kind sense. of baby talk. It is, okay, that's baby talk, but it's not, um, wait, it is baby talk. So not all baby talk is bad. So that type of baby talk is okay. But anything that is grammatically incorrect is not okay. Anything that is unintelligible, nonsense, made up words is not okay. Correct? Correct. Okay, cool. So I think that one gets knocked out. Boom. That's good that we clarified that because I wasn't even sure. Um, number two, and, and I, I talked to Ace as an adult. I always had my whole, his whole life. So <laughs> that I just went with that and it seems to be working all right. Number two. Can too much talking backfire? Can too much talking to your child backfire? Yes. Like if you never be quiet, <laughs> would that would that have any kind of uh, negative effect on your child? Mm. And as I always say, it's never black and white, right? If I could just give you one straight answer, can talking to your child backfire? The answer is no. Talking to your child cannot backfire. But there are certain ways or certain things that you want to take into consideration. Okay. So for example, when your child is a year old, you don't want to be telling them big elaborate stories. You're talking, you're talking, you're talking, right? Um, you want to stick to their level and maybe just a little bit above their level. For example, if you're one, if your child is one, you stick to one, two, three word phrases. If your child is two, you might make those sentences a bit longer. But what we want to do is when we're talking to our child, we don't want to just, I don't know, word vomit. Right. <laughs> I guess you can so, say, right? Okay, no, no, that makes sense. So in a nutshell, talking to your kid too much is okay, but you want to keep it short and concise and to the point. You don't want to, you, you can't talk too, you cannot talk too much, but you can over uh, describe. Mm, I wouldn't really say you can over describe or well, over explain. Like you said, you don't want to yes, make elaborate stories is what, I, what I'm, what I mean. Yeah. You, you can repeat your words. So, you know, if you're talking to a little toddler and you're like, Oh, look at the train, it's going up and down and going around and it's going this way and that way, you know, like talking too much, you want to stick to what they are able to hear and what they're able to basically take in. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing, too, where can talking too much backfire, why that question came about and why parents might think that is sometimes we do talk too too. We talk too much like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> like We're mm -hmm. talking too much that we're not. Well, you, gotta, you do have to clarify it, though, because even now I'm just like, huh, yes or no. That's kind of what I'm trying to get the feel for it. And I have follow up questions depending on where you bring this. But yeah, um, 
But what's your bottom line? Like, all right, if you think you're talking too much, then let's let's get to the bottom <laughs> line right here. Can talking too much backfire? If you had to err on the side of yes or no, which side is it? No, talking too much cannot backfire because you are giving your child the input that they need, basically, or he or she needs. But what I will say is that you want to give your child enough opportunity to also reciprocate, right? You want to give enough time to pause. This is why showing your child, modeling whatever is around your child is fine. You know, talking to them about what they see what they hear, what they're feeling. These are all great things that you're doing and quote, quote, over explaining, but you still want to use language to their age sentences that aren't too long. Okay. So again, so the answer is no, you cannot talk to your kid too much, but you do want to talk with your child, not to your child. You want to engage them in conversation versus just you word vomiting to them all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And I will tell you as well that when your child is just a baby, you are, of course, the main person taking the lead and you're talking to them mainly about what they're doing, about what they're seeing and all these things. But as they're getting older and as they turn into toddlers, make sure you're also giving them the opportunity to use the words or use the sounds that they know. Yeah, which goes hand in hand with talking with them, not to them. Okay, exactly. Boom. All right. I think that answers that. Number three, when will my child start talking? Now, this is here's a, this is an interesting one because we just did the CDC episode last week with their nonsense changes. So, okay, Mrs. Expert, when should my, ti- my child start talking? Wow, this is a lot. Um, uh, this is a sim- simple question, but a long answer that I will try to make short for you. <laughs> so the general guideline is your child develops his or her first word around one years old. This can happen a few months before or maybe a few months later, but around one when they take maybe their first steps where a lot of firsts happens. That's when their first word comes. But before that, they start babbling a few months old and things like that. Yeah. So that's when your child first starts talking. Some kids start talking when they're like seven months old versus some kids who start talking when they're about 14, 15 months old. Okay. Okay. And if you need any more clarification, just go back to the previous episode where we talked about the CDC guidelines. We talked a little bit more about it. And if you have any questions and you know how to reach Madonna, um, but exactly. I think, I think it's pretty good. So, so the earliest and the latest, you said seven months all the way to about 14 months is kind of the range where if they start babbling a little bit, that's considered normal. Yeah. And then, um, also just think about that kids are copying or imitating before they starting, start using words themselves or by themselves independently. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Number four, should I be concerned that my child isn't talking yet or how do I know when to reach out? Would it be after 14 months or, or, all right, let me know what, what, where do we go? So for parents who ask this question, I say, if you're asking, if you're concerned, there probably is something to be concerned about if you are asking this question. And you know what, if, um, if you think that you have a concern, it's best to ask and just reach out. When do you know when you need to reach out? There's a lot of things where you need to take into consideration how much, again, we've talked about this in previous episodes. How much is your child understanding? Is your child responding to his or her name? Is your child 
following simple directions, which goes back to the understanding part. Is your child babbling? These are all things that you should be taking into consideration, especially when you're asking, should I be concerned? Because whenever a parent asks that, whether it is a concern or not, you don't know unless you asked a specialist, right? That makes sense. Yeah. So if you feel like if you if you feel like there's something to be concerned about, there probably is something to be concerned about is what you're saying here. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to scare parents in that way. Where Of course not. But it's just erring on the side of caution. Exactly. Just going to get a second professional opinion is all it really is. There's, of course, nobody should ever worry until there's a reason to worry. But mm-hmm. even still, if you catch it very early, then you're doing the best thing possible for your kids. So there's nothing to worry about, but always err on the side of caution is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Now here, here this, this is the, the fifth and final one. And this one's very, very common because I hear you talk about it all the time. We speak more than one language at home. Is it delaying my child's speech? The overall answer is no. Just because you have more than one language that you speak at home is not causing a speech delay on, um, in that case. Okay. So care to explain, is it hurting? Is it helping? Is it confusing? What, what's going on when, when parents are speaking multiple languages to their kids at home? How's that, how's that put like, you know, how does that develop your child's language? So this is still a very common myth that people say, oh, you're using more than one language at home. That's probably your child. That's probably why your child's not talking. It's confusing your child. So what current research shows is that just because you have another language at home, that does not mean that it's confusing your child. There's a lot of elements that goes into a child learning more than one language. Sometimes when they are just learning more than one language, it might just be that they're um taking in all this input before they're able to express it. And that might take a little bit more time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a delay. So if a child is experiencing a true language delay and they have another language at home, it's not, um, it doesn't, it shouldn't make you stop speaking that language that you're speaking at home because it's not causing the delay. What it is, it's just basically the child just taking some time to develop. And what I suggest to parents who have another language at home is a strategy that you can do to help your child move along in their language development is maybe make it a little bit more structured when you are speaking the two different languages to help your child know when to switch on and when to switch off the first language versus the second language, for example. Like with Ace at home, um, I speak Tagalog to him while Zach speaks mainly English to him. When it's me, Zach, and Ace, we speak English together. And then when we're outside, I mainly speak English to Ace. So he knows exactly, oh, you know, I'm going to turn on my English um, language when I'm with Mm -hmm. dad, or I'm going to turn my English language on when I'm outside versus when I'm with mom and playing with her indoors. So again, a language and ha- being bilingual, multilingual does not cause a language delay. Gotcha. Okay. I like that. So you kind of, you kind of condition your child when to use what language, not that it's bad to use their second language in public places, but if you want them to primarily use English then Hey, use English in public, that makes a lot of sense. Now, a lot of people, just to clarify it, they think they get, they, and I hear this from you before too. I've heard this from you before too. Well, my kid at home, sometimes he uses, uh, I'll just use Spanish, for example. Sometimes he uses Spanish and he mixes it in with English. I think it's hurting because it's confusing him because he can't structure, you know, structure a sentence in all Spanish or all English. He's going back interchanging between both. Is that a bad thing or is that a good thing? Because that's very common and I don't see it as an issue, but um, from the professional, 
Where, what's your take on that? Okay, so this is when um, kids are mixing in language one and language two. So it's called code switching, where they're using maybe a little hints to Spanish and some English in there. This is all part of typical language development. So when they're mixing words, when they're mixing sentences together with English and their other language, that's typical. That's how they're learning how to use these words. And one thing that I do tell parents as well is similar to having a structured way of teaching one language versus another is that what you want to try doing is not using a complete sentence in and jumbling it up with language one and language two, meaning to say you don't want to use um, Tagalish or Taglish is what you call in Tagalog and English or um, Spanglish. In this, Spanglish in this is another example. word, right? What you want to do is because you're trying to teach them the appropriate grammar rules of each language, mm. you want to make sure you want to uh, say a whole sentence in English versus a whole sentence in Spanish, for example. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's hard to do, but try your best to do that, to just use one language in one sentence and another language in another sentence. And then I will also, one other thing is I want to cautiously caution you parents, if you are stronger in one language versus another language, use the language that you are most competent in and comfortable in speaking, because you want to make sure that you are giving your child a strong structured language that you are using. So meaning to say, your child is going to learn English in school, but you want him to learn English now. If you are not competent or comfortable in speaking English in your home, stick with Spanish. If you know exactly um, how the grammar structure is and just speaking Spanish, use that because the stronger they are in one language, the easier it'll be to help them learn another language. Okay, that makes sense. And you know, it's a fun, funny little story. Is <laughs> we had a couple of uh, we had a couple of friends or fr one family, and the one of them is uh, my cousin's girlfriend come over, and their kids were here, and they were talking about how the mom, because English is her second language, whenever she would get mad and she kind of needed to like raise her voice a little bit, she would try to do so in English and stumble upon her words because she's stronger in Farsi than English. And they said, although they're in trouble, they couldn't help but laugh because they just and and it just makes the mom go from furious to like just laughing because she's like, I can't even be mad at them in English because she's not using the language that she's most comfortable with, although she's trying to practice it. So um, if you're trying, if you're getting mad at your kid, what you're saying is get, get mad at them in their, in their uh, <laughs> stronger language. <laughs> so it doesn't well, become a joke. <laughs> and then, well, and then the other, the other thing too, is that me, I grew up by. So is that, is that a yes or no? <laughs> oh. All right, we won't, we won't talk about discipline or anything like that. But all right, I get it. So no, use use a stronger oh, language, and you're you're going to be better off, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll give you an example for me. You always make fun of. Well, you don't make fun of me. You kind of do sometimes. It depends <laughs> on the context. English is my um not kind of my second language, I guess. I learned it in combination with Tagalog when I was younger. But my parents used to speak Tagalog to me as I was growing up, but, and they would also use English, but they would use some things in English, like some prepositions, right? For example, mm -hmm. where they would use it a little off. So I remember growing up and I would say like, get down from the car. Right. <laughs> and that was totally, um, that's normal for me. Get down from the car. I and then I got with you, you and you would say, <laughs> I said, get down from the right. car. You mean out of the car? Well, like, well, you take right. a step down. <laughs> so nah, that's no. just an example right <laughs> get out of the car is what it's supposed to be yeah otherwise you're getting down from your chair after this after this podcast right no 
you're getting off of the chair. (laughs) So just little things like that. Just be mindful of using the language that you are um, strongest in if you are teaching your child more than one language. All right. All right. Well, those are five very quick and easy uh, answers. Well, relatively quick and easy, um, but very common ones that I hope that everybody got a lot of value out of because I trust me when I say that here at this household, I hear these all of the time coming from Madonna. So uh, Madonna, take us out. Yeah. So if you found value from this episode, remember to share, write us a review and follow us so we can continue making learning special for our little ones. And we'll see you on our next episode.